We have for several weeks traveled through with Joshua and Israel through the first part of the book of Joshua. How many of you enjoyed traveling with Joshua and Israel? Please raise your hand. I want my friends to think you do. So. <laughs> they really do. I just... Um, <laughs> so just want to um, kind of rec uh, cover some of that area there with us, if you will, this morning before we get into the major part of the message. I'm going to ask our ushers, if you will, if you're prepared. I want to give you a card that we prepared for you. If you will, guys, come forward and pass those out to everyone that wants one. It's just a card that kind of summarizes the eight weeks that we've been together uh, traveling. and We called it Traveling North. For those of you that have not been with us in this series, um, Traveling North got its name from this particular reason. We learned that when Joshua took Israel across the, to the Canaan land, that Jericho was north, and they had to travel north. And every battle that they had there, everything that they conquered, they conquered it from the south to the north. And it was the will of God, and it was their future, and so we just title the series, Turning North. How many of you want to be right smack dab in the middle of the will of God? I do, and I trust you do. And this is kind of a, you can follow that if you will this morning but as I begin the last message on this series. Thank you for uh, your faithfulness to the house of the Lord in all these weeks. Joshua 23 and 24 is, we're, I understand we are skipping from chapter 8, to be honest with you, all the way to chapter 23 and 24. We would probably be a year in Joshua had we not, and maybe that's okay too. But I just want to share with you this, this end of this particular series. Um, over these several weeks, as we have travel with this man of God and the leadership that God gave him, I want to remind you that this is actually a, a promise that is being fulfilled that God had made to the patriarch 800 years prior to this time. God has never changed his mind about his will and the promise that he wanted to give Israel. I will tell you this, if God has given you a promise and there's a purpose, which there is for every one of our lives, God wants us to complete that purpose regardless of how the enemy tries to inhibit us to do so. I thank God for, can I say, his tenacity, and I thank God for our desire to, to want to be in his will. So let's travel right quickly these past few weeks. First of all, in Joshua 1... A new generation, Moses has died, the, other, the previous generation had been in disobedience for 40 years. And now, first of all, they were given an instruction, they must prepare to move. They must move from the wilderness of unbelief and disobedience into a place of surrender and possession. God, God wants us to follow him, so they prepared to move. Secondly, they prepared to see. 
These spies that they sent out not only saw the natural things of armies and walls and all the things that were negative, they also found out that in the spirit realm, never forget, folks, there's a natural realm and there's a spirit realm. And God gives us eyes for the natural, but praise the Lord, because we're twice born, we have a set of eyes that can see the supernatural. And the report came back that they've heard about all the victories that we've won because of our God. And the scripture says there was no heart left in anyone in Canaan. That is God working toward your future. Praise the Lord. Amen. Then we prepared to be crossover people. I purposely walked through the sanctuary that morning, and we had this big water scene uh, up on the uh, screen and placed it online just so we could have an effect about what it must have been like to be on the eastern border and facing this raging water of the Jordan River in off season because of the melted snow from the mountains of Lebanon. And of all times, I always tell you, sometimes Satan will add up the ante, but so will God. You know what? God wanted them to be crossover people, people of faith. And God even let the, the can I say he ante it up too. I want you to know that you're going to know that I did this and not you with yourselves. And we talked about the Hebrew words there, the Nasa. All this time they were called to go forward, go forward from Abraham. God said to his people, go forward, Nasa, Nasa, go forward. All of a sudden we get to the Jordan River. We notice an entire change in the, in the language. It goes to the word Abar, if you remember, and it was no longer move forward, go forward. It was cross over this water. <laughs> I want to be Abar crossover people, don't you? I want to live in the realm of those who are faith, have faith. And we must not only have faith as a noun, we must have and live faith as a verb. Faith it every day. Praise the Lord. Fourthly, they must prepare to experience. This is God's will at work in us. Then God will work with us. Did you catch that? God does a work in us. We experience salvation. We experience his spirit. We experience the word of God. God has a journey that matures us, and we become mature Christians. Then God not only has worked in us, but then he will work with us. God has a work for you to do, but he wants you to experience it in, in, in your spirit. Number five, we're prepared to speak. God all of a sudden, try, in the middle of the Jordan, pushed a pause or an interruption. I want you to take 12 large stones from the river, take them to the bank on the, over in Canaan, and I want this to speak. The 12 stones would speak to the future generations. Our God miraculously allowed us to cross this river. And then number six, prepare to renew. This I called a tremendous significant moment. It again was an interruption in what they thought would be the plan. Reinstatement of circumcision and reinstatement of the Passover. The previous generation, new circumcision, they had committed themselves to God to be holy people, but this new generation did not know anything about that kind of consecration. But they've been willing. They've come this way, but here's something important. God will stop what we do 
place us in the commitment of circumcision of heart toward him and reinstate the Passover because, listen, only that which is holy can be used of God to do a truly holy thing. And God will not allow judgment that will come to the Cain people of Canaan with an unjust people. And maybe no, God is just. But he will not use an unholy judgment. Thank God that he causes us. He requires that we be holy, that he does a holy work in us. Because it must be of the Lord and it must be for his glory. Amen. Amen. And then last week, prepare to triumph. We learned some things last week. God selects his own way. God selects his own outcome. God selects his own criteria, who will and who will not. And he provides for a total triumph for your life. Prepare to triumph. Listen, if we do what the Lord says, we follow his will, we do exactly what he says, we need to understand. I said at times it's outside of our logic. It's beyond our reasoning. It is not common sense to us. Yet God already planned the triumph for them. And God said, you have been obedient. Now move. And when they got there, the walls fell, ladies and gentlemen. It was time to shout. <laughs> I don't want to tell you. That's the way God wants us to live. That's the way God wants us to live. And today we're going to prepare to continue. Listen, there's always a future with the eternal God. I don't care what may become against your life. I want you to know that because of Jehovah and Yahweh the Father, the Creator God and the Covenant God, there is hope absolutely hope that will last forever. We never have to be without hope because it, it, it is a powerful, powerful thing in the heart of a human being. But I ready to continue. I want to just stop parenthetically and add something before I give you that message this morning. Just quickly, I want to share with you that I'm not oblivious to chapter 7 and 8. Pastor, what is that? 7 and 8 is a major time of failure. I don't want us to dwell on that, but I want to tell you there are some issues in life. How many of you know that Satan will come in like a flood? And if we don't maintain our experience with the Lord, we too, literally, we may not plan it, but the minute we get disobedient, we have planned for failure. Think about that just a moment. Let that sink deep into you. When you do not continue a relationship with God, when you start making exceptions about obedience to the Lord, well, Lord, you call me to do that. I don't want to do that. Lord, you ask me to pay my tithe. I don't want to do that. Lord, you ask me to be over here and do, you call me to the ministry. Lord, you, when we start making exceptions, it's like the old guy, I think it was, can't remember the name in the Old Testament. He took a penknife and began to cut out of the word of God what he did didn't like. I preached a message years ago on how big is your Bible? How big is your Bible? Because we're, we love cutting out the parts we don't like, don't we? <laughs> I just, and then we, listen, I, I'm, I love you enough to tell you that if you become disobedient or you begin to make exceptions or the flesh resurrects that day, you are planning on failing Nobody may have put it in those words, but you cannot succeed and not be obedient. 
And then the other way, watch this. Saints, never forget, never forget. It is paramount in human nature that there is great vulnerability at the moment of success. We become extremely vulnerable to temptation in moments of apparent success. The flesh will receive the glory instantly if we do not monitor it. Satan has a super, superb strategy. Listen, he goes for the kill when we are on a high. They had just conquered in triumphant means Jericho. I mentioned last week there's probably not a battle anywhere that, in the world that people may have not heard of the Battle of Jericho. And it was, it, it was known. But there is a danger that comes to the human element of being over self-confident. You and I, in our lifetimes, most of us have witnessed spiritual giants who became over self-confident in the middle of success. Tragedy, tragedy, tragedy. The truth is, when I'm struggling, I'm much more dependent upon the Lord. I don't like that. And I don't want to, as a shepherd, tell you that. But when I struggle sometimes, I'm far more in touch with the Lord because I'm struggling. When my finances are low, I pray for help. When, when I'm suffering illness, I, I call on the Lord for healing. When life becomes more intense and I don't know the outcome and, and not, not to look at a week or two weeks or two years, but Lord, just the next step. Listen, my prayer life is enhanced. And if one of my children or grandchildren struggle, boy, do I go to the Heavenly Father and say, Lord, I need some help. The truth is, when I must face a crisis, I turn more quickly to the Lord. Then, sometimes I get this mistaken notion that I can handle things my own way and my own strength when everything's going smoothly. When everything's going good, I can handle it. I told the staff this week, I think, or next last week, I don't know, one of my favorite speakers, he I got to eat uh, dinner with him a couple of times. He really doesn't know anything about me or who I am. I was in the company of our district superintendent years ago, Brother Dick Foth. Some of you may know him, but he is, he's, to me, he's a spiritual giant. But at a district minister's retreat probably 20 years ago or plus, maybe more, he spoke to the district of Oklahoma minister. And this learned class, intelligent, educated, yet godly man, can I say had the courage to say this. He made this statement. He said, ladies and gentlemen, if what we believe only works in the sunshine, we don't need it. Someone said, the reason we Christians are in trouble so much 
is that this is the only time God hears from us. Here's the lesson from Joshua. I'll try to get you to, if I can, to write this down. Here are the lessons from Joshua 7 and 8. I'm just going to brush it now and move on. Number one, we are vulnerable when we are successful. Number two, defeat can be turned into victory if we take it to God. If we take it to God. Because he's the only true source that can take what Satan meant for evil and he turn it for good. Here's the third lesson. The disobedience of, our, of one individual can have a powerful effect upon the whole community. One individual disobey. Look at, look at Achan. It, was, it, was, it devastated the whole nation. Number four, this is the scenario I will say of Achan that leads to defeat. Follow me, please. This is what Achan did. Privately on his own, he let the flesh rule. He totally disobeyed exactly what God had said, and it affected the whole nation. Here, here's the scenario. I've got A, B, C, D. Watch this. He said, I saw, I coveted, I took, I hid. Listen to it again. Everyone will face it. Most of us have. I saw, I coveted, I took, I hid. I could apply that to David and Bathsheba and everything that went sour in his life. I can take it when, me, when I was about a five, six-year-old kid at school. I'll never forget. You may think this is funny, and it's okay if you do. But I remember I was in the first grade, so I was six, I guess. I, I just I took a piece of chalk. I'd never seen a piece of chalk. I took it home. It was about that long. I'll never forget it. And I was smitten with conviction. <laughs> I saw I coveted, I took, I hid it, and like always, my mama found it. <laughs> There's not a person in this room that hasn't saw, seen, saw, looked, <laughs> coveted, took, and hid. Let's just sit there a minute. Oh, pastor, he... Why would you say that about me? Because you are flesh. We're all human beings, and we need a constant anointing and leadership from the Lord. Let me just say, I saw, I coveted, I took, I hid. Young people, mom and dad, let the Spirit of God bring it to your mind and run from it. I will tell you this, it's never as good as you think it'll be. Done with a wrong spirit and a wrong motive, it never will turn out right. Did you hear me, young people? It'll never turn out right. The fifth thing in this scenario is the, the scenario can be turned into hope. Humble repentance, dependence upon God can turn defeat into victory. God will take everything Satan designs to ruin you to cause you to be victor if you stay close to the Lord. Preparing to fail. So let me conclude. So now Israel, this is, we're going to continue. 
prepare to continue. That's today. Israel has now been the victors. Israel is riding, in a sense, up again at the, at the battle of Ai. They finally defeated everyone. They are at the height of it. Israel is literally living out the reality of God's plan and promises that were 800 years old. Listen to this. Israel is enjoying what God wanted them to have all those centuries. That is what these people get to enjoy. But how will they, and the question is, how will you and I, how will we continue to experience and enjoy God's work in our lives? And here's the message this morning. Number one, don't forget how you got to the place of blessing and possession. How many of you in this room are blessed people? How many of you possess blessings of the Lord and things you never thought you'd have? Don't forget how you got to the place of blessing and possession. Israel got there, here it is, number one, by following God's direction and his instruction. That's what this book's about. Young people, listen. The one thing that Satan, well, let me say two. Two things that Satan never wants you to do. They, he does not want you in this book and he does not want you on your knees. He does not want you in this book. That's why the world is doing everything it can to push this book and its truth outside of this society because Satan and sin is in the ascendancy. Mom and dad, don't disobey it. Keep it. It's more important today than it's ever been. And prayer in your home is more important than it's ever been. So important. They followed the direction and the instructions of God. Some, sometimes, yes, beyond our comprehension, but God's ways are always, don't forget this, God's ways are rooted in power and in knowledge and in wisdom, and such they are forever at every moment, reliable, regardless of circumstance. And God's word will help you make a right decision no matter what that question is. Amen. Number two, they got there by believing, trusting, and relying upon God. Learning to believe and learning to trust. And let me say, the New, New Testament, going to the cross every day, dying to the flesh, denying the flesh, and then you rely upon him. Every day, the scripture says, every day, go to the cross. I've said it so many times, the flesh resurrects itself every day. It has to be crucified. Joshua reminded, look at this. Joshua reminded these people. I'm at verse, uh, chapter 23, verse 3. Listen to what he said. I'm talking about, don't forget how you got to the place of blessing and possession. You have seen, verse 3, all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you, because they trusted, because they leaned not to their own understanding. You have seen what God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. Listen, I know a lot of buddies. I've been in the military, and to fight with them, I want to tell you something. I want no one fighting for me like I want the sovereign God of creation to fight for me. I want him 
on my side, don't you? Look at verse 14. Behold this day, I am going the way of all the earth. This is Joshua in his latter years. His leadership's through. He says this, I'll be going by the way of the earth. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you, and not one word of them has failed. Listen, you, you, why would we even think about serving any other God but that kind of a God? Why would we be tempted to turn to something that's temporary or flashy or glittery or has lights on it, ladies and gentlemen, when this God is absolute? Uh, praise the Lord. Chapter 24, if you want to turn over, listen to this verse. It's 13. Listen to what God told these people. I have given you a land for which you did not labor. And cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Israel had learned from God's ways. Israel had learned from their own mistakes to believe and trust and rely upon God. Don't forget how you got there. Thirdly is this. They arrived by aligning themselves with the plans and the purposes of God. You know what we do so many times? I think we plan and ask God to bless it. And that's all right if it's God's leading. How many of you know that it's pretty, pretty much human nature to want our way? How many of you want your way? If your mate didn't raise your hand, raise it for him. There you go. Good. <laughs> I'm going to play with us just a minute. How many of you think you're right? Come on, raise your hand. Matt, come on. Listen, if you didn't think you're right, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. How many of you want to be right? Then die. To the Lord every day. And can I add probably to your mate? <laughs> we, these, these folk had to learn. I, we have to align ourselves with God's plan and his purpose. I'll never forget the day I left a, a, a good job. I've told you I packed everything I had in a rider truck and my wife followed me. Expecting our second son, we didn't have a clue what the future was going to be. But we did know that we submitted to his will and his purpose. I never want to forget how I got to the place of blessing and possession. Years ago with Abraham, this was the promise, and now they've aligned with God's purposes, and Israel is right in the middle of reaping the harvest. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget how you got here. Secondly, don't forget why you are at the place of blessing and possession. 
Israel is there because, not because they deserved it. Israel is there not because God has obligated himself to them. They are there. Here's another one or two points. They are there. Don't forget why you are at the place. They are there because of God's mercy. The truth is their previous disobedience and their arrival on God's schedule it was hindered because they disobeyed and they probably should have been disqualified for obtaining the promise. Do you ever just think about the fact that God calls you and you disobey and then you decide you're going to obey and disobey? How many of you know that, how many of you know we need to get saved every day? Can you get saved every day? And, and I've wrestled with that in my life. But it, just understand this. God so loves and is so merciful that you can absolutely blow it time and again, totally in failure. God will forever in his mercy pick you up, put you back on your feet and say, son, let's take another step. They're not there because they deserved it. This is not just because God absolutely promised it. They're there because God gave them mercy when they deserved none of it. Yet, God said, continue. And he loved them, and he dealt with them, and he wooed them to make a way for Israel to obtain the promise. The truth is, I don't deserve salvation. The truth is, I don't even deserve God's long-suffering and his patience. But I sure am grateful for his mercy. <laughs> Young people, mom and dad, God has been patient and long-suffering with us in this room. How many of you witness it? And maybe you're thankful. Secondly, they're there because of God's faithfulness. Even though Israel was disobedient, and even though they crushed the heart of God, He did not cast them aside, He did not choose another group of people. He did not wipe them off the face of the planet. He gave them more than one chance, and I tried to write this in the best way I could say it, so here it is. God was more patient than they were disobedient. And only God can make that possible. They were, he was more patient and merciful and faithful than they were disobedient. So hurriedly, don't forget how you got there. Don't forget why you were there. And lastly, don't forget what will keep you in the place of blessing and possession. What will keep you? At the conclusion of Joshua's life, he reinforces this truth that Israel can continue. I want us to stop just pause a moment. I want us to make this personal. If you're online, 
I want you to participate just like I'm going to ask in this sanctuary. I want you to turn to someone. I don't care if they're stark strangers. And in the faith of God, I want you to say this to them. You and God can continue. You can continue. I'm going to stop and watch, make sure everybody did it, starting over here. No, I'm kidding. You can continue. There's not one thing God can't heal. There's not one problem God can't put behind you. There's not a sin that the blood will not cover. At the end of this man's life, he says here that he goes, Israel can continue to enjoy God's blessing and possessions and favor because he, he said you must purposefully choose to maintain a right relationship with God. Listen, when you fail, the first tendency Satan will do is to get you by yourself, to get you away from anyone else so that he can seclude you. Stay with the church, folks. It's imperfect. It has an imperfect pastor. There are no perfect people. People, but the God that we serve, the only thing that has the promise of lasting eternally, I will build my church and the kingdom will not prevail against it. Thank you, Lord. The church, and we are that church. I'm not talking about Christ's legacy. I'm talking about we as people. We are the church. I want you to listen to this man's last words. 24, chapter 24, verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Listen to what he said. He said, serve thee, Lord. I'd like to make a message out of those three words. Serve thee, and the only one that is, the Lord. Serve the Lord. Watch this. And if it seems, verse 15, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose today who you're going to serve. Choose today whether the gods which your father served we're on the other side of the river, the gods of the Amorites in lands who you dwell. You know what he was saying? Do you have any idea? He was saying, look how they turned out. I love Dr. Phil. How's that working for you? I just want to, I want to say this this morning. I think this man's last words was, look at everyone who has been disobedient and not served God and choose today the one that will make you eternally successful. Why can't we get it? Choose you this day. I love this. And I want to say this to you. For me personally. But it's for me and my house. Come rain or shine. Come darkness or light. Come war or famine. Come blessing beyond compare. Be in my house. Son daughter, grandkids, great-grandkids, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. You won't make heaven by accident. 
You're not going to be just strolling along somewhere and wind up on streets of glory. You'll be there because you fought hell to get there, but you're going to be there because of the mercy and the faithfulness and your absolute relationship with the King of kings, the Lord of lords. I heard this week somebody tell me this. I've never heard it before. I don't know. I, I, it came from good, reliable source, but it's good to think about. This, the conversation was supposedly with Billy Graham, and he said this. Someone asked him, what do you want God to say to you when you get to heaven? And he said, I want to hear him say, well done, of course, but I'm not sure I will. And of course, my thought was, if Billy Graham, what chance? Listen, let me answer that. Paul said, if you're faithful, he's going to receive a crown of righteousness and all of us, all of us who are faithful. Folks, in our own lives, God intends to complete what he began. The moment we first trusted in God, he put us on a journey. Let me say this, and I'm through. It's easy to become distracted. In our day, it's easy to become disgruntled. We're the most spoiled, touchy people I've ever seen. Today, all we got to do is hear one word, and we're touchy about it. It's easy to be disobedient today and then lose the things that God has planned for us. But I want to tell you something. No matter how many times you fail the Lord, God will pick you up today and put you right back on the same path because he still wants what he wants for you. And let me tell you this. Don't try to pick up yesterday's experience. Go more for God because he has a greater blessing and a greater possession than you think. Church, America, Dad, Mom, Young people, remember who has blessed us is the one who will sustain us and keep us in what the psalmist called the secret place of the Most High. Continue. Continue.